every week, every week. You guys, I saw one of those T-Rex cars. Yeah, do you guys have a party for this typhoon? And I'm like, uh, you mean the quadcopter? No, I mean the car. And I'm like, oh, the typhoon. No, I mean the typhoon. I've heard lousy. There's lousy. some redneck. He's like, yeah, I got one of these lousy cars. I should have <laughs> known not to get it. <laughs> <laughs> This is the uh, Hobbyplex Show podcast, once again, weekly, here with, introduce yourself. Oh, I'm Will Brinton. Will, Will Brinton. And uh, we're two of the fast guys at the Hobbytown Hobbyplex. Of course, I work there, and Will uh, yeah. Will just races there a lot, pretty much his whole life. And this show, of course, is brought to you, as always, by Pivot Lending Group. You can find them on pivotlending.com, and if you mention this show, while you're setting up your next uh, refinance or home loan, you can get a special promotion. It's either or a $500 lender credit or 0.125 off of your rate. That's a heck of a deal. And uh, like we said, the last couple of weeks, people must be watching the show because we actually have, uh, we've gotten some takers on that. So that's great. That means the show will be paid yeah, for I for love, a little while. Yeah. I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. It's like it's working. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Some, at least three people listen. Right. I think it's a lot more than that. Although on the SoundCloud yeah. thing, you can't really tell as much anymore because we are on so many other streaming things now or podcast um, uh, formats that uh, I can't tell. Maybe my maybe my sister could tell, talk to me about it or whatever. But So yeah, so uh, Pivot Lending Group, uh, make sure you ask for Don Zoller. That's who they want you to uh, to get with. But it's uh, David Olson, Don Zoller, Pivot Lending Group. And, uh, Aiden Olson's dad. Aiden Olson's dad. Coronavirus update. We should probably get right into it because um, I had a manager's meeting today. We have a manager's meeting once a month where I'm there, not just uh, Tim Ski, the uh, Hobbyplex general manager, but I get to be involved once a month. And we talked about upcoming, what we're going to do to get back to what we do best, which is racing. I um, like racing. Yeah, I like racing. We have not had a race since March 16th on the off-road at least for the techno series. So it's been, it's going to be almost two months to the day. So uh, essentially we're, what we're going to do is this week um, we are rearranging the pit tables to make it, I'm going to get, try to get this on video too, but I don't know, it'd be kind of hard to see, but basically we're going to rearrange, we're going to rearrange the pit tables. So those blacked out pieces are, are tables that we're not going to use. And so you know how we've always had the four foot rule and I get on the mic and I say, okay, guys, uh, remember four feet, four feet. And I get on everybody if they stream over that four feet. Well, yeah. Uh, for the, for the, at least a month of March or May, we're all going to get a full table. Ooh. Eight feet per person. Talk dirty to me. Oh man. I can't wait. I know. So kind of take up a whole table. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to. Just <laughs> nobody ever says anything. I, know. <laughs> I say something. I'll say something to you every once in a while. You just well, kind you of ign- you just kind of ignore me ever. Well, that's because you ignore yeah. me. You don't even remember. Um, oh, so yeah. uh, in doing so, <laughs> let's count. Let's do a live count while we're on the air here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. We're gonna have thirty pit tables open. 
Normally we'd fit two to a table, to an eight foot table, but since we're only doing one, we're going to basically do this in a step-by-step -step process. So we don't, we're not really breaking any rules, whether we do it this way or not. We're just trying to do it responsibly. You know, um, yeah. I've seen some places open up, uh, start to open up across the country and, and they've put in some rules and put in some social distancing um, guidelines and stuff. And uh, this is just how we feel we can kind of start to get back into it. So May 16th, we're going to try to, we're going to try to race that Saturday. We're going to have online signups only. So we're going to have uh, signups through rcsignup.com. Tonight, I'm going to go in and I'm going to set up all these races. And uh, what I'm probably going to do is open them up uh, a week beforehand. So so are you going to do it so everybody only signs up for one class? No, and then they can you can run as many classes as you there? want. Yeah, you can run as many classes but, as you want. It's the but, people. But I understand that. But how are you going to know, like, 30 people have signed up if they're, if, let's say... Some people sign up for one class versus some people sign up for three and because you have, you end up with 70 entries because but you only have 28 people. Right. Because on RC sign up, you can, you can make it, uh, you can download the entries onto your computer and it'll give you a person mm -hmm. count. It'll give you an actual person count. Oh, so, okay. well, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm just kind of filling in a question that somebody yep. might it's have. It's going to be one, just, so. uh, I'll, I'm just going to put out there one class per person. You can sign up for more when you get here. It's just one class per person. We're just trying to get a people count. Right. And when we're full, we're full. Yeah. The idea is 30. Just add me manually. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was another question we brought up today. Cause we're trying to figure out, do we try to run family Friday off roads as well? And we're going to try to, but th that specific group of racers probably won't get on RC sign up. I just, they just don't. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a different yeah. mentality. Not saying it's a bad mentality oh, yeah. or anything like that. It's just different when, no, when they're, when they're a little bit more low key. I'm yeah. Sure. So 30 people max, uh, for the 16th, the 23rd and May 30th. So we're going to race starting on the 16th, then the, that following Saturday on the 23rd, and then we're going to race May 30th. The mm -hmm. track is going to be, uh, have a complete rebuild done on the, the night of the 24th. So Sunday night, I'm going to stay after working and I'm going to go down there and just go to town, try to, try to get, you know, as much dirt as I can. This is kind of my usual thing when I do, when we do the spring race, I take mm -hmm. advantage of us closing at 6 PM on Sunday. So I'll have six or, you know, six fifteen something like that till whenever I get tired and go home. And then I'll spend all day Monday, all day Tuesday, and then all day Wednesday getting it ready to go. So we'll have a brand new layout on the 30th. So it'll be uh, race, race, and then track build the first part of the following week. And then we'll race again on the 30th. So we're going to try to not lose a race day for a track build. That's cool. And then we'll see what the next group of guidelines from the state are going to be. Um, and they might even change because they change almost weekly now. We, we were kind of hoping we'd hear some more from the uh, governor today. And when we were in the meeting, nothing really came up. But we're going to go ahead and say that our summer series race on June 6th is a go. So okay. that so that's going to be round one. And it'll be it'll have a fresh layout uh, with that big track build on the 24th through the 28th. That'll that'll let me kind of reset everything and water it and, you know, make it good. Justin Stevie just texted me. He, so he must be watching. He said, uh. What did he say? He said, have the pits outside like the good old days. 
I know. And it, yeah. that's one of the things like we're only allowing 10 people at a time uh, to practice, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that we've, we've been getting was, uh, was, well, what if I just put outside my truck? And we're like, well, no, we need to have, we need to be able to keep an accurate number of how many people are out there. It, this Saturday, it, then it becomes a free for all. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it was actually kind of weird. Um, I don't like to put a lot of negative dirty laundry on to anything that we do with the Hobbyplex, either the podcast or the, uh, live stream, especially not on Facebook or anything like that. But there was a couple people this Saturday that were kind of, they were acting kind of miffed at us that, that they couldn't practice. And hmm. it's like, interesting. you know, we were full and, you know, some guy came in and, and, you know, he was asking me to look at his car and everything. And I, I did all that. And then he goes, all right, now the only thing I need now is a, is one of those wristband things for downstairs. And I'm like, Oh, I'm really sorry, man. But we have, we have, Ooh, uh, we actually that, have, bud. we actually have 10 people down there right now. We can't, we, we're not allowing anymore. And he's like, well, I just went down there and look, and there was only like three people. And I'm like, well, no, we've sold 10 practice passes. They might be out to lunch or something like that. We still can't have you down there. So this guy got his stuff and walked around and went down there anyways without a practice mm. pass. And so I had to go down there. I had a, t- Aiden Olson was, was actually re- uh, practicing and he texted me. He goes, Hey, there's some people down here that don't have wristbands. And so I actually had to go down mm-hmm. there and, and, and kind of be like, Hey guys, um, do you have a wristband? Oh, I love my wristband. I'm like, Oh gosh, sorry, man. We can't have you down here right now. We, uh, <laughs> We don't, and this is exactly what I said. I'm like, we don't want any coronavirus Karens causing a stir because we have more people down mm-hmm. here. So we, that's why we have this in place. We can't have you down here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they just left. They got, the guy got his stuff up and left, but he knew what he was doing. He was all surprised. Like, Oh, yeah. really? And I'm like, no, you, you're, I'm for real. You can't, can't be down here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if like, if it were me, I don't know. Uh, if it were me and I was talking to that guy, if I just said, Hey, if you want to go wait upstairs or wait out in your car or something. Yeah. And like that's what that, we've told people in the past. You, nicely. You want to go wait out in your car or yeah. Or if you want to uh, give me your phone number, I can call you yep. when there's an opening and come back, you know, like reasonable people I mean, have, they're, have they're, been like, okay, uh, can we just call and, and let us know? And cause people do leave, you know, we had a couple guys leave at like four o'clock. Right. So then a couple more spots opened yeah. up. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's frustrating every once in a while with that. Yeah. I was going to try to come up on Saturday. I think, I don't know yet. It just, uh, I, I think Eric, it's, it's funny. My, my wife actually might have this Saturday off and I try not to mm-hmm. race or do, or I try not to just do extra stuff on our Saturdays off. But honestly, we've been kind of together this whole time. So it's like, eh, you know, it might not be such a big deal. Yeah. And I guess we're getting all the windows and siding replaced hopefully this week sometimes. So wow. Kind of depends on how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. $26,000 later. Holy crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. We, uh, what did we do to our house? Oh, that's right. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Your house is a lot newer than mine. Yeah, it is. This, this house has some sentimental value. Right. You know, yeah. To me, got to keep it going. Cause I like grew up. So that's kind of the gist of everything we talked about. It was nice to finally kind of be able to sit down and have something laid out so that we can see exactly what we need to do. You know, I haven't really been doing much track maintenance down there because I mean, Mm -hmm. why? 
you well, know, I mean, re- if we're not racing, so. it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, you don't have a lot of people race, racing on it or driving on it with the purpose of working on a vehicle. Yeah. So like the, the race, so it's going to get beat up yep. and it's like, uh, like this last weekend when, uh, Alex and Tom and Ethan came down, that was the first time I'd heard of people that race come into practice. Yep. So it's like, yeah, it makes it makes sense to kind of just let her go yeah. for a while uh, economically, I suppose, because then you work on the track and then you take away from time that people would practice. And then right. uh, those are the kind of guys that uh, might not appreciate or need a prepared surface. You know, you're just out there with your stampede or your beat em up truck or your eight scale or something. They they don't really need a manicured surface like a 10 scale car. Yeah. You know, but and that's what I tried to do too. I've, I've, I've thought about when this track build is going to happen and I was just waiting for when we go back to racing because yeah, then I can tell and people that's what I've been holding out you know, on. I can tell people who want to practice that they're going to miss out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. However, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is usually our low, lowest practice turnout to begin with. So that's kind of what I've always tried to do. If, if we have a track change or something I want to do, I'll do it Sunday night and I'll, I'll shut down a Monday, you know, cause you just don't get as mm-hmm. many as you would on a Friday or Saturday to come out and practice. Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have this now on paper. We've talked about it. This is what we're going to do. They're actually going to race Wednesday. Um, kind of a oh, soft perfect. opening. Uh, right now they have 10 uh, guys for sure that are coming to race Wednesday plus the employees. If you, if you look at how they structure the rules, employees don't really count in that 10 person thing. Plus, exactly. dude, the capacity yeah. for the Hobbyplex carpet track is 302 people. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if, yeah. if, if restaurants are being allowed to operate at 50% capacity and we follow that same rule with the square footage that we got to, that would give us, you know, 151 people and we're going to be at 10 plus employees. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the coronavirus Kyle's and Karen's won't, won't bother us. So there you go. We have a plan. We're ready to go. We're ready to get back to racing. I'm ready to put my heart and soul back into the off-road in general and just get that thing, uh, ramped up. I've got a track layout all ready to go. Uh, we're going to have a back straightaway. We're going in the uh, clockwise direction. Um, yeah. Um, we're going to be using our elevation quite a bit (sighs) and, uh, it's going to be a lot of work. Uh, this Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to be taking down the back wall and pulling all that out yeah. of there and uh, going through all of our pipe and uh, that's back there and, and keeping what can be kept and throwing away what can't. I'm going to be doing basically a big spring cleaning. Uh, so if any of you guys mm-hmm. that are that are out there that are in Omaha possibly want to help with that, you can by coming out uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. and uh, help me pull all that out of there. The, the, the more people, the quicker it'll get done this Saturday. Yeah. This Saturday after work, after we mm-hmm. close, cause then I got to put the wall back up and I want to do that before, um, definitely before the track build. Cause I don't want the, I don't want to building the wall, rebuilding the wall back there to cut into the track, actual track build time. So yeah, we don't want that. No. So there it is. So, uh, you can kind of see on the horizon now of us, I guess, getting back to normal would be mm-hmm. the best way to put it, but we're going to get there slowly. It's going to happen in steps. Well, I, I figured that the reopening was going to be probably 
nearly I figured it'd take twice as long to reopen everything back to normal. Yeah. But I I don't know. I mean everything changes every day. Well and then I mean, realistic realistically I don't think that that is unreasonable expectation no. to have it take uh double the time to yeah. to come back to normal. But we're also um, th- doing it this way too, it still leaves it up to the individual consumer. It's still mm-hmm. up to you whether or not you want to come. Yeah. We're not forcing people to race. We've been talking about yeah, this year only adding a second drop to the summer series. You know, because we're, we're going to go June, July, August, September, October. The last round is going to be October mm-hmm. 3rd. Is the September round going to be on Labor Day weekend? No, again? no, no, no. Well, okay. no. When is Labor Day? Because we, we have August 1st and August 29th. That's, last year I missed the September round because I was in uh, one of the Dakotas, the Black Hills. Oh yeah, I bet we that was fun. Vacation, so yeah, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> it's a good time, but yeah, I missed that round because of, because I was gone. So yeah, um, yeah, it'd be sweet if uh, if uh, that did not happen again because yeah. we're going again. So well, I don't know what the 29th is. Sometimes that's Memorial Day weekend, and sometimes it's not. Kind of depends. But in September? Yeah. Cuz August oh, no, 29th it's the first it's always the first weekend. Yeah. So it'd be August 29th is a Saturday. 30th. Oh. So so it'd be the following Labor Day weekend is the f- following. Isn't no wait a minute. Labor Day is like like the first Monday of of September. Yeah. So that probably it's always is. Always the first Monday. <sighs> Sorry. That's okay. It's just um, another spot higher on the uh Oh wait, no it's not. No, 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 no. Uh, September 1st this year is on a Tuesday. So Ooh. Labor Day is the 7th of uh, September. Okay. So there you go. Oh, sweet. So you'll be fine. Okay. I was going to say it's just That'd another nice. podium spot for me, but. Uh, yeah, because uh, I would have finished like fourth or something or yeah. third last year. It's counting my chickens before wheel, they hatch. I finished third. Yeah, but you. Yeah, you finished third. I would have had third had I not dropped that damn round and I had to go to a wedding. Don't call it a comeback. I didn't win, but I was the highest finishing hobby flexor at the summer series in two wheel drive last year. Because I had to miss two rounds or two mains. So (laughs) don't call it a comeback. Is that, uh, who is that? Abraham Lincoln. No, dude. (laughs) Jeez. The 80s rapper. Dang it. Or the 90s rapper. He has that song too. It's, um, that song was like doing it and doing it and doing it well. LL Cool J. There you go. That one. Uh, oh, LL yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Like, don't go to come. That's all I know from that song too. That's how white I am. I don't know any much about the rap music, unfortunately. Yeah. I like the Beastie Boys. You don't. Yeah. I kind of like, I like a lot of Beastie. My sister's looking at me like, are you crazy? I like some Beastie Boys. Uh, that. Um, I love the Beastie that Boys. That HBO. Um, uh, Watchmen had uh, Eggman as one of their yeah. key songs this year, dude. I, I was like, I was, I, I was watching it, and I was so blown away by the episode. And then they finished with the Eggman song from Beastie Boys. I was like, oh my god, that's the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go look I, it up on on YouTube, and then I, I actually have it saved in my thing now. Such a great. I remember a one time a long time ago. Like it was when the Plex was still outdoor and I had like a speaker or something. I was listening to the Beastie Boys or something like that. And uh, you were like, oh, I hate the Beastie Boys. What? 
the songs sound the same. They're well, they do. Like, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they do. They have the same cadence. That is what you did. Yeah, but you like, got it. They do have the same cadence, though. The cadences are all the same. The Beastie Boys. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, they do. All their songs are like. It's all the same. Not in a bad way. That's I don't think it's a bad way. You said you hate the Beastie Boys. I didn't say I hated the Beastie your Boys. You're going to give me a bad rep on You said on, you hated them. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Will Brinton, Beastie Boys fan. <laughs> Beastie I can, Boys fanboy. Let me tell you something. I can, I can recite verbatim most of Snoop Doggy Dog's Doggy Style album. So yeah, I don't care. I love I love much been. different uh much different rap in the nineties. That's I went to Norris mm. Junior High in nineteen ninety, ninety one. You had to have that album. Mm. You had ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. So it actually been those three years back then. You come you come for freshman orientation and they give you that C D. Yeah. And then I went to <laughs> then I went to high school and it was no longer cool. I had to switch. Oh. I had to wear ripped jeans mm. and flannels. Did you have Jinko jeans? <laughs> I never had Jenko jeans. Nope. No, thank you. Absolutely not. <laughs> Man, I probably would have had a pair of those if I was then. Uh, John Bolton on the YouTube stream uh, just said, is the Plex going to start doing some drag racing? Probably not. And the reason why is because we do not have a smooth surface to do it on. We pretty much leave that to the two local clubs here in Omaha. Yeah, I think that that's probably the the cool part of that is it's not like a sanctioned deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have guys racing for Money. souls or 50 bucks or, yeah. you know, whatever, pinks. Lost my soul in a street race. Yeah, there's there's stuff, two groups. You know? There's uh there's a group that's been coming in for a couple of years now and they just keep on. They do. They're putting Castle Creations 2650 motors in their rustlers. And running the rustlers on like six cells. It's bonkers. Ooh. Crazy. Man, and that sounds like a real ankle breaker. Dude, 32 pitch gears on there. So they're they're putting the like the uh the E-Revo 32 pitch metal gear on there, and then they're putting five millimeter shaft, you know, 32 pitch gears mm-hmm. in there. And then they're having the um Isn't that the, mod uh, one gears? Yeah, mod one or whatever it is. And then the wheelie bar so yeah. that they don't even lift off of the thing. And then uh lately they've been really wanting to get foam tires. So we've been um um getting in those um sweep eight scale foam tires. They converted almost all their bandits and rustlers and stampedes and stuff to 17 millimeter hubs. Are those eight scale tires? Yeah. Like hexes. They're eight scale and they're, and they're super low profile. You should see if they'd run those J concepts, eight scale tires that are for drag racing. No, we don't. We sell those too. Yeah. We sell those too. There's the uh, hotties or whatever. Can't remember what they're called. I don't know. That's what they're called. I just think they're cool. Yeah. Nope. Uh, the J concept sells really well. The Proline stuff sells really well. We got in both the belt. We've had the belted and unbelted versions for a long time. We pretty much sell nothing but belted stuff now because they don't want their tires to expand so they can do all that. So the problem with the mm-hmm. Plex with us doing it is we just don't have a smooth surface that that street out in front of us. Um, a, it's busy because we're always having cars coming in and out, but also it's it's pretty it's pretty rough. Yeah, it's not that fine, close together. Yeah. Blacktop. And our parking lots go downhill. So that, that was yeah. kind of one of the sad things. When I first started working at the Plex in 2004, we had, uh, we had a driver stand that was on the east side where we put all of the mobile homes, not mobile homes, the uh, RVs and stuff for races. Mm-hmm. There actually used yeah. to be a driver stand right there, a big one. 
and they tried to do some parking lot there and it just didn't take off because nobody, nobody liked the angle of the street because it goes downhill. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we actually used for the off-road track. When we, when we first had the big outdoor, dusty, dry off-road track over there, we actually picked up and there was like a 10, 10 dudes all, I think they were all Wednesday night rate honor racers. They came out and helped us and we just literally picked that whole thing up and moved it up there. And then oh. about three weeks later, uh, either a really, really, really strong gust of wind or possibly a tornado came and just destroyed it. Hmm. And, uh, we had to rebuild it and it was kind of, just kind of janky after that. We must rebuild. Dude, I know I'll never forget that. Cause I, I was, if you've ever met the owner, like he, he can, he's a very, can be a very intimidating person, especially if you don't know him that well. And, uh, I just started working there and we had just moved that driver's stand. And three weeks later I came up in the morning and I saw it just in pieces all over the, the parking lot. And I was like, it's my fault. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I, I don't know. I've never really thought Ken was too intimidating. I've always just treated him the way I'd I'd like to be treated, you know, and I've always, I always gotten along with him fine, I think. Yeah. Just try to treat him with a lot of respect. Oh, no, he's, yeah, he's amazing yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's but, an amazing guy. Yeah. Anyways, I lost track of where I was. Oh, yeah, drag racing. So, uh, yeah, we just don't have the facility for that part of, of the RC thing, but we definitely encourage everybody who does it here in town, and uh, we supply yeah. a lot of parts to those guys. Yeah, I think that's kind of the beauty of it is it isn't like a sanctioned thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, that's what kind of keeps it rolling is no, it's harder for people to get burned out on it if it's not a, I have to go here to do it. Heck, they could do like a Omaha uh, drag racing parking lot tour and they go to all the different closed down Kmarts and drag race and different surfaces and stuff. That'd be cool. Yep. Oh, and uh, if you got if you parking or if you uh, drag racing guys want like something to thin out your VHT, I have a fifty-five gallon barrel of methanol that's you can't use it in a race car or anything. You can methanol. have it. You can have the isn't whole that barrel what uh, isn't that what Walt used to make meth? Didn't they steal like ten thousand gallons no. of methanol from the? That's methylamine. Methylamine. Ah, sorry. Okay. Methylamine. Methylamine. No, methanol goes in race cars. Right. Wood alcohol. Okay. That's right. Uh, I forgot. But sorry. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. It's. I just like to remind everybody that uh, I'm not an engineer. Attention, Hobbyplex podcast listeners. This is a friendly reminder that host Alex Sturgeon is not an engineer. Thank you. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, no, we we use with the mini sprint stuff. We used so much fuel, we had to have our own barrel. You know, we'd have one that we were using and the one on the deck, and uh, we'd just trade out the barrels. We had a friend that was a supplier for fuel, and uh, but we when we quit, we never got rid of the fuel, and so I still have a whole bunch of fuel. If anybody wants to use it to prep a track or something, I think that's what they cut VHT with. So yeah, probably um, you can have it. You you can take the whole barrel and have the whole thing. I just want it out of my backyard. So I do have a request, actually, from one of our social media, the Hobbyplex Facebook page, just now that we have to remind people too that when they do leave for the day, when they come to practice, that it would be nice if they would come up and tell us when they leave. Because that can Perfect. happen, I guess, is, is if they don't, then we just assume they're still out there. Sure. So, 
No, that's yeah. a good that's good thinking. Yeah, that's good thinking. Thanks. Uh, that was Steve Wall. He's uh actually he drives up from Lincoln, if I'm not mistaken. Steve Wall. I don't Steve Wall. I don't know if I know him. Uh I don't yeah, you probably recognize him. I think you've met him once or twice. So um he, he drives from Lincoln? I yeah, yep. Huh. And buys most that's of his cool. Arma stuff from us too. I got a fun game I wanted to play. You ready for mm-hmm. this? I'm looking down at the All clock. Right. We got we got twenty minutes. Uh we got another topic we could talk about that John Bolton just put on the uh, the YouTube live stream. But I, I've been wanting to bring this up because I think it's really funny and it's something fun to talk about. Dare? It's not truth or dare. That would be weird. Do I have um, to wash my hands before this game? No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> Let's try to think up all the different mispronunciations that people mispronounce when we're talking about RC companies. You ready? Traxxas. Trax. T-Rex or T-Rex. No, I never heard that one. Really? Dude, it, it, we get that yeah, one a lot. Some Somebody they come in, they're like, I got a Trax Max. Trax Max. That's, a, that's another one that, that it's, and that one's hard because you can't tell if they're talking about Traxxas in general or the T-Max. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah, uh, every, tracks. every week, every week. You guys, I saw one of those T-Rex cars. <clears throat> Always yeah. that one. That that or the the one that I I would always get is like you get a little kid on the phone that calls in while you're at the store and you're like you know you're trying to ring out somebody you're like uh like Hobbytown uh Lincoln whatever you know the one I worked at and it's like some little kid he's like um yeah I got a Trax Stampetti um, <laughs> do you guys have for gears for you no he's they'd be like do you have do you have the big gear for the Trax Stampetti. <laughs> <laughs> Jato. Yeah, there's a Jamie always used to do that. There's this guy he'd come in, like, yeah, I got my Jato all tuned up. Here, you know. One of my favorite ones is is it's a twofer because you get two at the same time. Axel Rath. It almost sounds like a, like a band name, like a like a lead singer's band name. I'm Axel Rath, but it's it's supposed to be Axial Wraith. It sounds like the Wrath of Axel Rose. Yeah. One we get recently now because we sell a lot of them. So uh, Arma has named a lot of their cars, Typhon, Creighton. The granite doesn't count, but Typhon and Creighton are actually like from, I believe, Greek mythology. But mm-hmm. one of my favorites is is the Typhon because we'll get we'll get asked to find parts for a Typhoon. And oh. a Typhoon is a quadcopter made by mm-hmm. Unique. So it's a Unique Typhoon. Yeah, it was also an Hangar 9 airplane at one time. Oh, yeah, 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 back in the day. You're right. But uh, um, yeah. but I'll be on the phone. I'll be like, they'll be like, hey, do you guys have a bar for this typhoon? And I'm like, uh, you mean the quadcopter? No, I mean the car. And I'm like, oh, the typhoon. No, I mean the typhoon. And they, like, correct you even though they're wrong. That's always my yeah. favorite. Typhoon, typhoon. It's There's only one O. It's a typhoon. And then the Kraton. Yeah. I hear Kraton. You guys got the Kraton instead of Creighton. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? There's some, there's some good old, good old ones like uh, Futaba. How many times? Ta- Futaba. Uh, Futaba. Um, Futaba. Uh, Losi. I've heard uh, Lossy. 
Yeah, lossy. I've heard lousy. There's lousy. some redneck. He's like, yeah, I got one of these lousy cars. I should have known not to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I ain't kidding you. A guy said that one time. <laughs> Who named their car I, lousy? It's, it's weird when there's when there's different letters attached to uh, yeah. to to cars because I've heard Team Lost before, and I'm like, Team Lost. Like, what the hell? There, there. Well, there wasn't there a skateboard company called Lost. No, oh, maybe and the logos looked really close. Oh, I wonder. Possibly and it was team lost. And then because I, re- I remember uh, when I was a kid, because the the hobby town that I'd go to would sell skateboards, too. And they had team lost skateboards. Yeah. And the logo looked a lot like a low C logo. You know, I don't even I, I know I hear mispronunciations of Kyosho or Kyosho. But mm-hmm. but I honestly don't remember lately because we don't really sell that many Kyoshos. Mm-mm. I'm trying to think of another one. Duratrax with, uh, and so you'd have a guy that had a Duratrax evader or, or something. I mean, they'd we the old they'd call them Traxxas. Yeah, I, I would they, always get a mis. They'd call it a tr- yeah, yeah. They'd call it a Trax or whatever. And the old East Park Hobby Town, they'd sell like ten of those every Saturday. The Duratrax. Evade nitro evader or whatever, dude. It, it, that garbage engine in it. Dude. You turn if you turn the the high speed needle down too far, it just yeah. destroy the carburetor. So, sixteen years ago, one of the first things that we did when I when I came on board at the Hobbyplex, and mm-hmm. uh, they don't. I mean, Duratrax has kind of turned into other things. So, like uh, for a while, they're Duratrax Onyx chargers. Were actually really oh, good. Yeah. Like you, you cherry picked the line. The the chargers were great. Duratrax ice. The ice charger was fantastic. Oh man. Yeah. That, that thing is bad to the bone, man. But the cars, holy crap. So <laughs> uh so 16 years ago when I first got hired, like one of the first things that I brought up was how bad those cars were and how I hated selling them because I knew the minute anybody left out the door, they would be back an hour later mm-hmm. with something not working on the vehicle. Yeah. And so we just stopped carrying. Do you, do you remember the Duratrax Warhead? Ugh. <laughs> that, do I? He, every single time somebody buy one of those. I remember uh, the Lincoln store had a stack of them, like as tall as me. Yeah. Right? It's not saying a lot, but it was a pretty <laughs> high stack of them. And that was, so they're selling through them all. And this was like, this was like. Uh, had to be like 2008, 2009. It was before Somewhere in that, there. I thought. Really? Because the store was still owned by corporate. At the oh, time. yeah, you're right. And and so they sold through all of them, and it was like like the they didn't have a any kind of easy start. It was the not mm-hmm. so easy start, and you'd finally get that thing to pop off, and it strip the spur gear every instantly. time. Instantly, first pull. Yep. Instantly. instantly, it was like new Duratrax warhead with the pre-strip spur gear to save you the problem of stripping your spur gear the first time. I got. <laughs> I got in trouble once, kind of in trouble, I guess, when Sportworks came out with these little 118 scale nitro cars and they were hot garbage. They were hot garbage. The chaos. The chaos. That that car was hot garbage. I I have one somewhere. Do you? Uh, Okay. Yeah. It's worth like 20 cents. it was given to me. Somebody I bet. There, I think it was just at the store and I could just have it. <laughs> but I got in like trouble that. because because I, out of the four that we sold, we only sold four. All four of them were defective. 
Mm-hmm. And the last person oh. that's that we we returned it, and I basically said, "Yeah, these are things are no bueno, dude. I I you should never even buy them or something like that, something to that effect." And then Sonny Brown, who is in charge of the car, and uh. who I'm friends with, and uh, who I miss greatly talking to on a, on a you know regular basis when he used to work at Horizon, actually called me a day or so later, <laughs> asking why. I was saying this stuff and I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't remember saying that kind of fibbed a little bit. Yeah. And then I was like, man, maybe I should Dude. learn to keep my mouth shut a little bit. But now that it's 12 years later, those cars yeah. are a hot mess. Yeah. Duratrax vehicles were built broke, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily great plains isn't a company anymore, so I, we don't have to worry about them yeah. sponsoring us. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. That was like my favorite thing to say about like something that out of the box just wasn't good. Just say that it's built broke. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Nolan Walk say that one time when I was. Oh, like, yeah. I miss Nolan. When I, was, when I was a kid. He said that car was built broke. <laughs> and I, I've used it ever since. <laughs> Exceed RC. That's what those are now. Yeah. Those are built broke. Listen, people, don't buy that stuff. Exceed RC. There's actually two Exceed yeah. RCs too. There's there's E with there's Exceed RC with an EX, and I think those are legit like eight scale race cars. And then there's the Exceed RC, or maybe it's the other way around. There's two Exceed RCs. One of them has an X, and one of them has an EX. And the cheap ones are the mm-hmm. ones that you you search Google for RC car, and then it comes up. And then parents sit there and go, oh, $120 for a nitro car. Oh, I'll buy that. And then they buy it. And then they can't get it to work and then they bring it to us and then we go, yeah, you're probably not going to be able to get this one to work and you can't get parts for it here. And then they have the worst RC experience with their lives and then they never get into RC after that because of that car. Yeah. Don't buy those. Got to have a good experience. Got to have a good experience first and foremost. What else do you think you think, think, think of any others? These are, I wrote down the ones that I, that I thought right off the bat, you know, Jado, Typhon, Creighton, Wraith, Axial, Futaba. To me, as always, sound wrong. I can never pronounce it correctly. Tamia. 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 Te, uh, I, the Mr. Tamia. That's how he says his yeah. name. He won't answer to Tamia, I guess. <laughs> and then there's another one that's like, what is it? Yeah, uh, there's another way to say it, but Tamia is like the correct way, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know how the ability to get reminded of as it's happening, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> Clayton Whitmire, I'm, Clayton Whitmire is like, don't forget about the Traxxas slasher. Slasher. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think of any other yeah, good ones. And it's hard when you're put on the spot like this. Those are the ones that I first, oh, thought. I, I've heard, uh, rednecks come in the door and say, uh, I'm sorry, rednecks. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard very noble scholars and gentlemen say, uh, associate associate. Yeah. Yeah. They forget about the ED on the end. <laughs> yep. Do you yeah. guys got that got associate, associate car? Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I've heard that one. Associate. <laughs> Jamie used to say that. all. Yeah. All Jamie would. Jamie Everson never said uh, associated yeah. right. Ever, ever. <laughs> no, but he, he would do it on purpose. He knew he was doing it. He yeah. was just doing it to be funny. I got one of these associate cars. You remember when Jamie would try to would try to pronounce Vishal Singh's name? <laughs> Vissel. Vissel. Yeah, he'd always say Vissel. And he'd always whenever he would do it, he would be like, uh, 
Vissel? And you're like, dude, it's Vishal, and we've told you this several times. It's been ten. It's been ten years. <laughs> there was a dude who had the last name of of Christ, but it was it was spelled mm-hmm. Christ. And I'll never forget mm-hmm. he was uh, he was announcing a race for us on the on road track, and he was like, uh, uh, Ryan Christ, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my, so Vishal, when I was first getting into 18 scale cars, one of the first cars I bought was from him. So I've known him forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. He actually used to pick, Vishal used to pick me up and take me to the track in Lincoln, right. From my house. And, uh, like I get off school or whatever, he got off work and, um, my dad still cannot say his name. Like he's like, you remember that guy, uh, you, nice guy, treated you real good. This or Vashad is his name Vashad? No, it's Vashad. <laughs> He'd say, he still <laughs> says Vashad. Will, we need to take a moment and uh, we need to hear from uh, David oh, Olson yeah. and uh, Don Zoller talk about real yeah, estate we- prices and stuff like that. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This is a pivot lending update. David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. Hi, this is uh, David Olson uh, with Pivot Lending Group. And uh, just wanted to give everybody out there an update on what's going on in our industry right now. What I'm hoping to do is be able to bring a little bit of the mortgage industry's history from when it started forward so that as uh, you start to hear terms like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, HUD, all these things are going to be relevant now and in the future. You'll understand what the acronyms stand for and what the importance is for each of those. Prior to 1938, if you're looking for a mortgage, either you had private lending money or you were working with a uh, a smaller uh, trust bank to put a mortgage together for you to purchase a home. And in 1938, uh, FDR as part of the New Deal created uh, Fannie Mae. And Fannie Mae was was, uh, a tool or a vehicle for liquidity for community banks so that instead of the banks having to keep the mortgage on their books, they could sell it off to the government and then the government would uh, purchase that and reimburse the bank, and then there would be liquidity and, and more movement in the mortgage industry. So Fannie Mae, the actual acronym is F is in Frank, N is in Nancy, M is in Mary, A is in Alpha. Uh, FNMA stands for Federal National Mortgage Association, again, created in 1938. From th- 1938 to 1968, there was a, uh, a surge in, in mortgage production and consumers purchasing real estate because of that new uh, ability for the government to create mortgage-backed sec- or for the industry to create mortgage-backed securities and wrap them up in a Fannie Mae program and sell them off to the government and get reimbursed uh, for the, the net sale of that. In 1968, uh, the government created uh, an entity called Ginny Mae. And Ginny Mae deals with government-insured loans. So if you have a uh, an FHA loan, if you have a VA loan, or if you have a USDA loan, then the bank would wrap those particular government loans up 
into a mortgage-backed security and sell them directly to Ginnie Mae, having different underwriting guidelines and allowing for a little bit more flexibility than what Fannie Mae had originally produced back in 1938, allowing, again, more flexibility for the consumer to purchase a home. And then finally, in 1970, two years later, the government created Freddie Mac. Freddie Mac, which the uh, the acronym, and by the way, the acronym for Ginny May is is G as in girl, N as in Nancy, M as in Mary, A as in Alpha, and it stands for Government National Mortgage Association. So again, that was created in '68. 1970, uh, the government created uh, an entity called Freddie Mac, and Freddie Mac, uh, the acronym is F H L M C. And that stands for Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation. And Freddie Mac was um, the vehicle that uh, went toward, uh, if you were a smaller community bank, as opposed to a large kind of commercial entity, it gave you uh, a little bit more flexibility to offer the equivalent to a Fannie Mae loan without, without having the size of a large bank. So Fannie and Freddie kind of operate in what's called the conventional world. Ginny May operates in the government world, which would be your FHA, VA, and USDA. All three entities are considered GSEs. GSE stands for Government Sponsored Enterprises. Underneath that umbrella for the GSEs, you'll have the FHFA, there's a whole bunch of acronyms out there, um, that... uh, regulates Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and that stands for Federal Housing Finance Agency. And then you have HUD, who regulates Ginnie Mae, uh, which then is FHA, VA, and USDA. So that's kind of the history behind all the different names that everybody hears on the TV, on the radio, of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA. And so a lot of times the consumers, they have no idea what kind of loan that they should apply for. And even what that loan, what that loan means. So that's the history of where we're at today. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109995. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. And while we're at it, hey, guess what? I just Ooh. finished off one kickstart. I'm about to crack open a second kickstart. Hey, pass me a kickstart. This is actually my starting a GoFundMe for <laughs> for Alex's uh, two, diabetic two fifty cents a day, folks. At least right now. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I just spilled. It's gonna be oh, it's all sticky. What, now. Wasn't isn't there a, a Louis C.K. bit where he's like? For the less than the price of a cup of coffee a day, you can ha- pay this guy to keep from beating these dogs. <laughs> like, beating these dogs. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go find that one. I don't remember that one. Yeah, it was like, who's beating these dogs? <laughs> you know what? There's a little bit of chat going on um, here in the uh, YouTube chat. So John Bolton brings up one more thing, and you know what? This is a pretty good thing. To, uh, Let's just go along. Heck with it. Yeah, to we'll finish. Get, this is. What was your first big race? 
Mine was an Iowa pan car race, showed up and went to somebody's tent with a big desktop computer and stood there waiting to sign up. All his dino pit psych. Uh, he's like, what the heck do you want? I want to sign up my pit area fool. I TQ'd and he came to my card table. I looked up and said, what the heck do you want? I think I know who he's talking about, but mm. I didn't see the name in there. It's probably Dennis. Although I don't remember Dennis racing pan car. That sounds like something he would do is have a big old dyno computer there. Uh, but what was your yeah. first big race? Will? I think the the first one that I ever like went to was the, the hobby Haven race in Des Moines. And it had been like 2010 or 2011. And I went up there by myself and cause nobody wanted to go with me. I couldn't get you to go with me. And we didn't really know each other. Like we know each other now, but I went there and we got rained out. We raced at the electric pit. I, I I always talk about this race on here. I'm trying to think if there's another one that I went to. Because I remember you racing. Race. I remember you racing short course on the outdoor track. You had the Quaker State body. Yeah, but I don't remember yeah, us having I, a big race. No, I don't think we had had a bigger race. That we didn't year. really have big races until we went been, indoor. Yeah. Well. Like before that, like the big race was the the Nats, and I didn't race the Nats. I, yeah, that was I think I started racing short course after the yeah, World Nationals. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I can't really think of any other big races that I went to other than for my first one. Because there was that one, and then you and I went to um, Texas. Joliet for... Oh, Joliet. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we the the Leisure Hours, um, Le- Leisure uh, Hours race. Uh, Chi-Town Shootout. Was that in 2011? Yeah, and we all, me, you, and Scott went, and we all brought the wrong tires. And wasn't, we all had the, the Panther switches. And Dylan was there, too. Dylan and Pat were there, too. Nah, oh, yeah, they? he was, but he didn't pit with us. Yeah. Yeah. But we played we poker, though. Panther switches, and yeah. yeah. I made, I made, I made the main in stock. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, you did. Like, you were fast first, in stock buggy. I remember that. I was in the um, B and mod buggy. Like, that was I when I was like uh, second to last or something. No, but. I thought you did better than that. I thought you got like seventh or something. Remember that was the race with the fight. Did I? No, I did get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, yes, the, yes, that yes. was the race with the guy, the two big dudes, the two huge one dudes. Guy, like, went up to, and, yeah. and, and hit him in the back of the head with a short, short course truck. truck. <laughs> and I was, I was, it happened right in front of me. I was like, oh my God. Happening? Like, I was on the track too. I, I, was, I was right next to him. I was like mind yeah. blown. I've never seen this before. And it was, and it all came from like some, some co-op race that they were doing that didn't go well for them. And they like, they like threw their truck in the trash or whatever. And then the following thing happened. They were talking crap to one another and the guy just came over with the truck and went kablam. And then they like pushed each other and these big, huge dudes just fell to the floor and the whole, the whole earth shook. And <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. We need more of that. <laughs> Yeah, one of them had like one of those chrome uh, Futaba radios, yeah. and I was like, "That was the first time I've seen a chrome Futaba radio." <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, "This guy's got chrome, and they're doing this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That that was like one of the first races that I'd ever. And this is like the first time that I remember this happening, and everybody kind of made a big deal about it. But my stock buggy would. Uh, and I, I was heating tires in the pits. Remember it would that? slap. Sitting across from slap, 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 slap. Yeah. 
Yeah, every everybody's looking at me like I was stupid. Yeah, like heating tires and like I like Frank Root and Matt Ca- Matt Castellano was actually really cool. He's like, "Why are you doing that?" I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to get the goop in the tires. I can't like my car's not gripping, and my uh, my car had my two wheel had so much grip that my uh, car was squatting so hard coming out of corners. It looked like an on road car. Wing was hitting the. Yeah, my mm-hmm. the wing was hitting my my rear tires, and there was like scuff marks. Yeah, on my tires. And I remember wing. that specific car that you had too. I remember looking at it and going, "Dude, does he even have any droop in that car?" Because it looked like yeah, your I, your suspension was limited like a lot. I had a B four with a sway bar on it. Yeah. I remember like I, I I showed it to somebody, and they're like, "You made the main with that," and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> it's like oh you raced that <laughs> uh yeah, that was awesome oh man and i remember being so i was so bummed out because only like if like the guy that finished like first in the i main got a trophy that was like three yes. feet tall for winning the i main that was always and the weird thing about anything. leisure hours for me yeah. was that if you, they would only give like top five in the main, if you made the A. So mm-hmm. if you got like six through 10th, you got nothing. And then if you won the B or any lower main, you got a bigger trophy than the guy who finished fifth in the A. I could never, I was always like, yeah. whoa, yeah. that's kind of strange. I was so bummed about that. From a track person that, I mean, from a somebody who manages a track and has to like figure out how much to spend money on for this stuff that never made any sense to me. Cause I know how much those trophies cost. And I yeah. mean, honestly, I mean, sorry, B mainers and below, I would never spend that much money on a trophy for, for the winning the B main. That's yeah. like a, that's I mean, like a $40 trophy. You win the, yeah. You win the B main, you're getting a belt buckle size trophy. Well, sorry. Yeah. I mean, at like, least something but, I, mean, I try you, to keep it within the 10 to $20 I mean. range, but that, I mean, those tall trophies, those are, those are freaking expensive. Well, yeah, but uh, I just never, I never got that. And that's like one reason why I never really wanted to go back because it was like, man, could I really like, even if I made the main in two wheel and modified, like, am I going to be good enough to get something out of this? And I, I I don't know. I mean, we're not racing for trophies, but still like, Hey, I was there. I did this. It doesn't bother me if I, if I'm, if I'm sixth place, it doesn't bother me a lot. It bothers me a little bit, but it doesn't bother me. It wouldn't, it doesn't bother me if I, if I get sixth place or lower and I don't get anything, as long as who wins the B main or lower doesn't get something, uh, that I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like I finished I mean, they, higher they than they would them. have, they, they were bumping guys out of all the lower mains too. Yeah. And so if you bumped, you could choose to get the trophy or you could bump to the, the next main. Yeah. And it's like, where's the incentive to go forward if you could just get that giant hardware? Yeah. I think my first, my first big race that I remember or that I know I I went to, and I talked about it. I think I talked about it last week or the week before that was the, um, the Iowa state fair race. And since I've already talked Mm -hmm. to that one, I'm going to skip ahead. And the first race that I ever traveled to, I'm going to change this question a little bit. The first race that I ever actually traveled to on my own was the 1996 stock Nats. And it was in Fargo, North Dakota. And I was 17 and I had just gotten my driver's license. And my mom let me take our 1988 Ford Festiva, which is a tiny little puddle jumper of a car. Let me drive it by myself to Fargo, North Dakota. My dad who travels 
for a living uh, at that time. That's he uh, he was a bakery tech, so he'd go around to teach people how to bake. Had built up all these hotel points, so basically from like 1996 to about 2010, I never had to pay for hotels because he always had enough points that he'd let me use them. That's how I was able nice. to travel so much um, it, during mm-hmm. all this. But uh, I went up there on my own uh, by myself and uh, I walked in. I had an LXT still, even though the double XT was out. And my first experience at any sort of big race like that ever, you know, I had trouble finding a pit spot because I didn't really know anybody. And the Omaha group that went up there at the time was Tommy Smith and Dennis Johnson and Dennis Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, For those of you guys listening to the show that don't know who Dennis Johnson is, unfortunately he passed away in like 2009 or 2010. I think, I think it was February of 2010. Um, but it took a while for he and I to become friends, um, because I was kind of an annoying little kid, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But, uh, I'll never forget. I walked in and I could hear him over in the corner. He goes, Oh God, it's Alex. <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is he doing here? That's kind of where, um, that race is kind of where, uh, like my friendship with Brian Cox kind of, kind of started. You know, we had raced at the, at the, uh, Exarbon, uh, racetrack there used to be a racetrack at the Exarbon horse racing facility up until for like 1994, 95, that was Rob Connor's track actually. And I'd met him there and I'd met, I'd known Dennis there and everything, but, um, going to this race by myself was kind of a big deal. The crazy thing that happened was the Friday night I did terrible in qualifying. It rained Friday night and the track, they, they got it going. It was wet. This was still when we were running on loam, not, you know, real dirt and everything. And, uh, my heat comes up. I had gotten reshuffled into the D main heat. So I wasn't doing terrible. Really. If you think about it, I had an LXT, you know, and I was just some poor, you know, kid, but I was in the D main, but I went out there. The next thing you know, I'm on an A main run. I was going to qualify like seventh or eighth. I was hauling it. I was just, it was like one of those miracle heats where everything was clicking together. Marshall Scarry was announcing and I was standing right next to him. And he was like, he was like, oh my goodness, this month, this kid must be nervous as heck with like a minute left to go. And, and I was kind of nervous. I was shaking. I used to shake really bad. The, the sad thing was I didn't have very good batteries again, because, you know, I didn't ha- we didn't have a lot of money. My family was, was never really, um, affluent in any way. So everything I had, I had to pay for myself and I mostly got it secondhand and used. And, uh, I could feel because of the, the track was still wet. So my stuff was getting hot and my batteries were getting hot and I could, I could feel my truck, my truck starting to fade and I could hear my lap times getting slower and slower and slower, but I was still clinging to like ninth or 10th on the grid in the A main. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was used to doing this little tabletop before you made this turn before you went onto the straightaway and my truck was fading so much that I couldn't, I wasn't doing that tabletop anymore. And so I'll never forget that when I, it was just the flow of things, you know, I expected to clear this tabletop and then have my wheels cranked. So when I landed, I could make this corner. And because I didn't clear it because I didn't have the battery enough battery to do it. My truck was slowing down. I was already turned. So I bounced off the pipe and uh, I didn't need a marshal, but I bounced off the pipe enough to where I went from like ninth or 10th on the grid in the A main, at least for that moment, you never know what would happen right back down to the D main, just like that. Cause it was stock. Mm. It was a stock Nats. 
I was crushed, like absolutely crushed. The next qualifier uh, wasn't near as fast because the track conditions had changed. And so then I just kind of stuck around in the D main. I think that's where I finished. I should think I finished second in the D at the 1996 Stock Nats. But it was that race, that race where I knew that's what I wanted to do. Even though I, you know, I didn't quite, you know, make the A or whatever, but I was like, I, I want to make the A. That's what I want to do. So when I got second at the Stock Nats in 04 in Buggy, that was kind of like putting, even though I didn't win that one either, but I mean, I lost to Matt Chambers. So what are you going to do? Just finishing at least on the podium in, in 2004, for me, that was like closing the book on that part. You know, it took eight years to get from second in the D to second in the A, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't ever give up on your dreams, kids. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I have a new project. Before we go, I just like to announce that uh, the new project with the Outcast 6S, we've already jumped my house and that was a lot of fun. And uh, if you haven't seen it on YouTube, you should get on there, get on the Hobbyplex show and find it. Um, yeah. But what I want to do now, I want to jump onto the roof of the Hobbyplex and then I want to jump off of the mm-hmm. roof of the Hobbyplex and you, land you it. Should, I like, want to stick the landing. Like, when you're jumping it, like mm-hmm. it's in the air, you should be like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, like outcast. <laughs> I mean, I could try. And then, but... Like when you jump down, you should be like, hey. Yeah. Do that funny, do that funny, like, like, what are they, that little shimmy that, that's on the, that's on the um, TikToks now where they, they shimmy their feet or whatever and they walk towards and away from the camera with their arms out like this. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Anyways, all right, we better go. <laughs> we better go. This was a good show, much better than last week. I'm not, I'm not all rattled from internet um, craziness this week. So, hey, do you have that 2,000 Bitcoin you owe me? No. Did you know how much 2,000 Bitcoin is? That is a crazy amount of money. I should have known. I should have known that was a scam. 2,000 Bitcoins, like 15 million dollars. Like, there's no way. I would have been like two thousand. Freaking, go ahead and show whatever naked pictures of me you got. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> should have known better. Like, Good luck. It's like, uh, like it's like Doctor Evil. I'll release them myself like, for fifteen million dollars. I'll be like, here, take them. Don't forget, please. Don't forget that uh, Pivot Lending uh, Group dot com. Pivot dot com is our sponsor. Pivot Lending Group is the name of the company. Make sure that you get uh, Don Zoller or Aiden Olson's dad. Uh, David Olson and uh, <laughs> their promotion of $500 lender credit or 0.125 off of your rate. When you mention the Hobbyplex show, we want to have that. We want somebody out there to get a home loan or a refinance or something like that using that promotion. That would make my year so far. All right. Uh, thanks, Will. This is a good show. See you on the flip flop. See you on the flip flop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>